Welcome to Veteran State of Mind. Welcome back. Or maybe welcome for the first time. If you're here for the first time, we're in for a fucking treat. I'll tell you that. If you haven't heard last Thursday's episode with Justin Oliver Davis, go back and listen to it now. What are you still doing here? I just told you go back. Right. you got to listen to the first first part first. We had so much good shit to talk about, or rather, Justin had so much good shit to talk about that I wanted to get him back in. So that's what he's doing here today. And you know what? We're going to have to do another one as well because he's got even more stuff to say. Um, so yeah, we got Justin in for the second time in as many podcasts, but he's, ah, oh man, this guy's story is just fucking off the chain. He's just such a beast. He is a beast. You know, like, he's soft-spoken and articulate, but he's got the will of a wildebeest that been stung on the bollocks by a big old hornet. It's probably not the most gracious description that he's ever had, but... Man, I just want to fucking, I wanted to jump in through the microphone and just, I wanted to hug him and lift weights with him at the same time because he, he just inspired me thusly. Ah, before we get to him though, please lend me your ears. Please lend me your ears for some uh, words from our sponsors because without sponsors, there is no podcast. So thank you, Zulu Alpha Strap Company. Thank you for making this podcast possible. Who are Zulu Alpha Straps and what do they do? I hear you saying. Good question, noble listener. Zulu Alpha Strap Company make bomber watch straps for Ali blokes. They're veteran-owned. They are veteran-operated. They make stuff for veterans. They make stuff for serving military. They make stuff for civvies. They make stuff for your fucking cat if it's got big wrists, right? If you spend the money on a nice watch, then go and get a nice strap to go with it. And if you've got a shit watch, get a nice strap anyway. You don't even have to have a watch on there. Just put a strap around your wrist. It'll look fucking lovely. So go and get one. Zulu Alpha Strap Company. You want to see some nice examples of Ali operators wearing these watches? Then go to Zulu Alpha Straps, at Zulu Alpha Straps. Tell him I sent you. Tell him Big Gez sent you along, and he might do might do your little discount on the side. I put him on the spot now, haven't I? But there you go. Tell him Gez sent you, and you're asking for your, your special Gez Jones discount. At Zulu Alpha Straps. Check them out. And check out our muckers at Camouflage, spelt with a... Okay, Camouflage is a specialist surveillance and investigations company, a brand you can rely on for the professionalism, integrity, and quality of work at all levels. Right, let's throw out some hy- uh, hypotheticals here. Uh, what if you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I need someone to uh, investigate this guy who keeps fly tipping on my property. No problem. Camouflage, jump in a bush, sorted. Oh, um, me, uh, me husband's been cheating on me with this skank from down the street. No worries. Camouflage, jump in a bush, sort it. So as you can see, there are myriad uses for camouflage. Uh, also at camouflage.co.uk, remember spelled with a K, uh, they've also got a bunch of Ali kit on there. You might want to get yourself a ghillie suit, bespoke. Have you ever even bought anything bespoke before? Why don't you treat yourself? You know what? I bet a bunch of you out there have got wedding funds. Are you saving up? And your missus is like, oh, i got to save up for this nice dress. Well, fuck her dress. How about you getting a nice ghillie suit that you always wanted? So go in that savings account now, take that money out, and go over to Camouflage and get yourself an alley-looking ghillie suit from Camouflage. All right. Now that I've ruined a bunch of marriages or prospective marriages... Hey, look, let's be honest. If you're going to break up, better to do it at this stage. Let's move on to our final sponsor of the day. And we love them very, very much. They are Frontier Risks Group. 
home of the world's leading practical training course in security risk management consultancy. Frontier Risks Group is an amalgamation of a number of leading companies in their field, guided by a team who have equal experience and expertise in their respective domains. From security and crisis management, corporate risk, intelligence and analysis, compliance, workplace investigations, trauma response and training consultancy. As you can tell, if I haven't just listed it, it is not in the world of security. Frontier Risks Group are leaders in their field. So go check them out if you are a veteran or if you're going to be transitioning out of the military. Because here's the thing, guys. Don't leave it until you fucking get out to start looking at, at what you're going to be doing next. Get ahead of the curve. Look at it now. If you're serving now, get in touch with Frontier Risks. Set something up for the future, right? Check them out. Some of their Frontier Risk, sorry, some of Frontier Risk former students now work as security risk managers, advisors, uh, travel risk managers, security analysis for some of the world's biggest organizations. So what have you got to lose? Check them out at FrontierRisks.com. That's FrontierRisks.com. Check them out. Head over there now. All right. I've already told you on today's podcast, it's Justin Oliver Davis. So basically, you woke up in the hospital, yeah. diffy legs. Um, I have no idea where you were. So do you want to um, yeah. <laughs> paint the scene, mate? Paint the scene. Okay, cool. I came back, mate, from Afghan, and obviously uh, I was, it was a, it was a med flight, so I, so I'm fully unconscious. And I and I get back, um, I'm lo- loaded into intensive care, and I'm in there for like seven days total. But I think I wake up kind of the next day after I got blown up. Um, I think maybe the day after, I'm not too sure. But anyway, so like I, I'm I'm coming round, and I'm I'm I don't know if we covered this before, but did we cover the bit about me dreaming? Yes, yes, yes. We did. We've covered that. Cool. Um, you're gonna have to edit it out, man. No, we'll keep it in because um, I, I will but, brief. Um, yeah. I will brief the noble listeners at the beginning of the episode that we start the two together. Epic. All right. Cool. So yeah. So after the dream, so I'm, I'm pulling pulling the tubes up from my throat and I, and I wake up, and yeah, I, I basically um, all, all you can hear is like b- the beeping machines and um, like I like kind of barely open my eyes and you realize at that point that your, your body is kind of is restricted by all these lines and stuff that are, that are supporting your life but you don't realize this at the time so you know I can't move my right arm I can barely move like my my torso and I can't really move any, any part of my body really um, so um, yeah I, I come around and I have this kind of episode where I don't know where I am and I'm kind of um, you know the the aggression then comes out and uh, uh, and I get through that bit so it's a few minutes and um, and all you realise mate is like the uh, the machines beeping like tubes and pipes holding you down and four white walls and um, and a clock at the end and a door mate and that that's it um, and and there's a wind there's a window at the, at the end of the room as well that I can see but it's the the blinds are closed um, so you're 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 aware that you're you're not hmm. in theater as in Afghanistan anymore, or certainly not on the ground anymore. And um, yeah, that moment you're just kind of, well, I was, I was just in shock really. And um, then when it, when I kind of came round, I was, I was, I, my awareness kind of, um, you know, it came to me that I was, I was injured and um, I just, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best time. To be <laughs> it honest, sounds mate. full black mirror, mate. So it's like a proper black mirror episode. Like, yeah. it's like waking up like that and, or like Twilight Zone for the older listeners who don't have Netflix subscriptions. <laughs> it was, mate. And like, you know, because you're on all these meds and that, like you, 
you don't know whether what you're seeing is is, is reality and you know you're, you're hallucinating at some times and your body is just absolutely smashed to bits so it's fatigued it's fighting you know you're getting pumped with all these like antibiotics and you know painkillers and food and and fluids and oh mate your body is just in absolute rag so yeah i mean do that seven days down there mate it was really just an endurance test but you know i i've always been positive and i've always looked at it from a position of of you know of gratitude really because i know there were blokes in at the same time as me that were in intensive care for months and months and months you know in comas induced comas um, just, you know, head injuries, traumatic brain injuries, like severe brain injuries. Um, people with lost more limbs than me, you know, completely smashed their bodies to bits, mate. And mine, mine, I had a couple of fingers missing and two, my lower legs. And to be honest, in comparison, it, it wasn't anything to shout yeah. about. Well, I have a couple of questions. I have a couple of questions, mate. First of all, right. I know this is a bit weird. Go, mate. There's going to, any CV listeners now are going to be like, what are these guys on about? <laughs> but was it like, did you, was, I want to go in that, that sense of gratitude. Was it a feeling of, oh, thank God it's not my arms rather than, oh my God, it's my legs. Do you know, do you see what I mean? Um, I don't know if I thought that. No, do you know what, mate? I think I'd have rather it been my arm. Really? Certainly. I, I certainly wouldn't have minded losing an arm. Yeah. If I could have both my legs, mm. I'd give an arm hundred percent. Cause it's just, you know, it, with an arm mate the, the arms these days that you can fit prosthetics are so much more advanced than the legs yeah. you know they don't have to wait there um they can be controlled you know via um like sensors inside the soft yeah. the arms themselves and they're attached to your muscles so you have all the natural kind of almost natural movement of the hand and you can pick things up you can hold things you know you can flip v's at people you can do all kinds of things with it so the legs are, are far more difficult right. to get round. And it really takes a lot of thought processing just to walk. A friend of the podcast, Paul DeGeldo, has got an amazing robot arm. Seen it, mate. Yeah, it's, pro- it's proper good. It's great for choking. Not that I know that from first-hand experience. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but no, that's kind of Mate, the other thing I wanted to ask was, um, when did your family come into? When did your family come into this? Like, we, we, um, at what point mm. was your family allowed into the room and stuff? And were they were there when you came around and all that kind of business? Yeah, mate, they were there when I came around. So they must have been, they must have just been sat there, mate, pulling their hair out because it's, it's unclear to them whether you're going to survive or not. And it's, you know, it's obviously, um, it's a a truly traumatic time for them. And, um, at that time, you know, I'm still an infantry soldier. So I'm, there's still a lot of kind of, you know, uh, we're trained for this, we fight for it. We'll just push Mm -hmm. through it no matter what that was, that was the mindset I was in. So it was very, I was very harsh to my parents at the start. And I was kind of, I, I didn't respect them or really appreciate them being there. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of time when I, when I woke up first, I was, I was frustrated, like really, really frustrated with myself. And, um, and some of that aggression and anger came out towards them, which is, you know, at the time we're looking back now, it's, it's a horrendous thing for them to experience. Um, but um, I was, I was in a, different place then you know for a few minutes when you wake up <clears throat> they obviously saw the episode when i was kind of pulling mm-hmm. the tubes out of myself like out of my throat and trying to fight and everything else and just um and they were kind of witness to that and they were just they were just shocked mate completely shocked and uh you know i was when i came around to see them there because i was just like Fuck. Yeah, well, you were like what are you doing in afghan <laughs> yeah i was like fucking hell man you went on that patrol where were you you meant to be on stag um but um yeah mate and um you know, so probably I think day two or three, maybe four, it gets to the point where 
you know you've done you've done all the talking you want to do um you've told them everything about what's happened you're stable i you know at this point that there isn't much chance of me like popping my clogs mate to be honest i'm yeah. i'm pretty good at that point so i was like look you you gotta go you gotta give me some space because you're just sat there the whole time and you know there's periods where you just sat there in silence yeah. and it's just like i need i need time to fucking process this and um just let me do what i gotta do you know i'm alive i'm i'm safe you know, i'm in the best place possible there's no way i'm gonna go anywhere now you know so just just go just leave for a few days let me get my head together um and then and then come back you know i think that's a good point i just want to jump on that because i think that's a really good point for things in general is um yeah because what we always have to look at is is our actions that we're intending to be from a place obviously they're doing it from a positive place they're not like how this is going to wind them up yeah you know but um (laughs) but it's you know but like dude today with um when I was prepping, I've got a couple of Iraq guests on after you, and I've been prepping, listening to audio books, reading books for them. You need to get a book out, mate, so I can prep better for you. But um, yes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> the next right, one. You go, right. I'll give you a few weeks. Um, and and I just said to my brother earlier, I was like, look, no offense, man, but just leave me alone at the moment. Like I don't want to. I just don't want anyone around me. Yeah. Because I just had like people like, oh, what time are we going to skip and stuff? I'm like, I really, I really don't give a fuck about anything else right now. Like it's just yeah, because it's like people can't see what's going on behind your head. So anyone listening, as like, because this is something that goes for veterans civvies whoever sometimes when someone's going through something just leave them a fuck alone like because it's like we have this tendency of thinking like oh someone's hurt mentally or physically let's be a blanket over them but that can be the fucking worst thing oh mate and and especially when i just i just lost my entire independence so everything about me was trying to regain that and and i wouldn't honestly like a point i was like look you just gotta fucking let me do everything that i want to do if i want to fucking try and brush my teeth let me try and brush my teeth. Don't don't mm. try and prepare things. Like if I can't reach it, granted, get it for me and pass it to me. I'd really appreciate yeah. that. But if I can reach it, if I can get it, like let me fucking do it because um, it's it's that's exactly the point where the recovery pathway starts. You know, and you right. and and I was trying to regain my independence, and that was the only way I was going to do it was by was by pushing myself. You know, and that's and that's why I rattled through the process pretty quickly, mate. To be honest, you know. Did they crack any good jokes? Who my parents? Yeah, mate, my dad. My dad is a, my dad's classic, <laughs> mate. Like honestly, this is he. Uh, he can't listen to this, mate. Cause he hate me, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've fucking I've I've ribbed him for this, mate. Since day one, since I got injured, and I do feel a bit bad about it now because I think it's I think it's I think it's hurting him. But anyway, I'll continue. Um, so like, there was a room full of fucking consultants, mate, and probably like colonels and above and they're all in the room kind of going through the process and 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 telling my family like you know what i've been through like what to expect you know what the treatment they were giving me the medication how long i need to be on it so all the detail and everything and literally got to the end of this like 20 minute 30 minute spiel and like this i think it must have been colonel mate and he was literally just like so um like it looked at my parents he says have you guys like got any questions about you know the, the whole process and and my mum was just like, no, I think this is pretty clear. This is all, you know, um, it's all very challenging for us, etc. cetera. Uh, we just, we, we're so grateful for your support and everything else. And my dad just fucking went, he just, this is so random. He just goes, yeah, you know that, you know that tower, like in the city centre? He was just like, what's that? What is that? What's that <laughs> what? for? I was like, and I was like, you could hear a pin drop, mate. I said, I said, and I was like, Dad, are you fucking, are you, are you fucking serious? Like, what the fuck are you on about? And he was just, but looking back, mate, I think you know, m- m- my dad hasn't necessarily 
I don't think he's able to deal to deal with trauma in mm. in in the way that I dealt with it or with with the way that my mum dealt with it or someone else dealt with it. That I think looking back, that was his individual way of kind of trying to lighten the mood um, and just you know take the focus away from me maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. But but I I fucking smashed him for it. I oh, gave mate, him mate absolutely funny. rinsed him for it, and I've rinsed him for it ever since. But like I feel a bit harsh now. But. <laughs> It's fucking, mate. It was so random. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like I've seen this a lot with with parents or the or the mum. I'm not going to say the mums deal with it better, but they seem to be more on mission. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Whereas mate. the dad, dads, I think like because thing is, look, I mean, like, I generally, I don't know, it might be different now with like generations of kids, but like it's this just you don't like. It's, there's that level of intimacy with a dad that's not like that. I don't think is you know it's like sports women cars and i like that yeah do you know what i mean it's like a di- it's a different thing so it's, and where so i can see when something's thrust that like something like you're, you're thrust into that situation where like yeah you know you might fucking feel like you need to like just like you said just not be able to deal with it yeah i, I agree mate and you know at that time you know like i alluded to earlier you're still in that infantry mindset so it's it's just like it's just pure aggression in it because you just come from the battlefield like literally from the battlefield and uh, in my in my exact example i was en route to an ambush so we were we were literally fucking uh, you know where we needed to be mm-hmm. as an infantry soldier so we're about to do the business you know to go from there to getting blown up to then arriving back in the uk like i was just full of like anger towards myself but you know for the, the situation i'd let myself you know get into so that came out in in some kind of you know avenues but um yeah i'm you know what mate i've i've i felt a bit guilty about you know how i reacted to, to certain things at that point and um looking back i've i've chilled out so much since those days mate well staying in the staying in those days for a minute mate i want to let's go back in the hospital ward stay i want to know what uh, what is your opinion on because that's a very... I've never even thought about this before. I've always just considered, oh, it's a great idea bringing soldiers all the way back to the UK. Yeah. Um, like that. Do you think it is a good idea or do you think maybe like somewhere halfway is the is the solution? Oh, do you know what, mate? I've never really thought about that. But but like this this is a really, really touchy subject, you know, especially in current times, mate. But I'm going to say it. Um, when you come back to to Birmingham, it's a multicultural and diverse city, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you know, coming back to Birmingham, mate, there are a lot of a lot of um, um, multicultural individuals wandering about in the wards, mate. And the and some of them are dressed very, very similar to what you're seeing on the front lines of Afghanistan. And yep. there's no, there's I'm not for one minute saying there's a link there in in any aspect at all. What I'm saying simply is. Um, the 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 dress that people are wearing, um, the actions and the kind of groups they're they're moving about in, you know that honestly had a big effect on a lot of the guys and girls that were coming back that were injured, you know. Yeah. Um, and it affected me as well because you'd you'd have people staring at you, and it would be anyone. It wouldn't be a specific, you know, uh, person from an ethnic background. It would be everyone would be looking at you, but um. For, for in particular, when you're seeing um, people that are dressed like the Taliban in the hospital, you don't know whether you're hallucinating or not, mate. And um, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of the guys, you know, became quite um, quite frustrated and quite upset that that you know they were they were actually mixing with the general population. Um, 
you know you had you know people wandering about in the wards and all kind of stuff so even though it was a military ward you still had civilians wandering about and th- and that for me was you know it was quite daunting to be honest especially where we just come back from yeah i'll expand on that mate because i i can offer that an insight into that from a perspective of someone who who was not diffy legs even Mm -hmm. so like because what you're saying with the drugs there is a very good point because yes you know you can attribute that well one i'll say that when i went to an inquest i had to go to an inquest because one of the lads died in selly oak and um you know so they held it in selly oak uh i'll tell you this mate when i was wearing my number twos from the hotel to the uh court Mm. Uh, I was getting a lot of stares and they were not friendly. Yeah. Right. And I am in no way, shape or form saying that everyone from a certain race feels a certain way. No. But I tell you what I fucking saw and that's what I saw. I'm not going to bullshit around that. The other thing was when, the other thing was when I went to, um, I, I lived in Manchester for a while. And when I went to, and this is, again, this is to your point, I wasn't on any drugs. Well, most of the time. <laughs> and um, when I, when I walked from, if I went from the apartment into the city center, I would end up with absolute crippling pain in my shoulder to the point that I couldn't lift my arm up because uh, I was so tense to be around all these military-age males and people that were wearing the same yeah. clothing. Now, I could I could tell myself, these guys are not a threat. You're playing, your mind's playing tricks. But but that, uh, your amygdala, as it's, you know, the, the lizard brain, yeah. that doesn't know that. that. All that seeing is, hey, you know the last time you were around people that were dressed in this way? It was beep, 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 beep. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's what your mind's telling you. So I think there's nothing racist about, it's about it. It's just like, look, there's parts in our brain we can't control. So the only way we can control it is to control what's around us. Yeah. So that, I think that's a good, I think that's a good point, mate, because you have to, like, the way I, you know, I had to ease myself back through that. And I wasn't fucking, and I, I wasn't injured and, yeah. you know, pumped full of all different kinds of drugs. So I, mean, I think that's a very good point, mate. I think, you know, and also, mate, because you were in a position, you know, you've, you, you've gone, you know, from kind of, you know, we're all fit young blokes and we're out in theatre and we're and we're ready to engage and we're ready to fight. So we're all at the peak of our performance where we should be anyway. Um, but mm. when, and when you come back and you've had your, li- your legs blown off and your body is bruised and it's battered and it's broken, you're not the same person anymore, mate. And, and, and you can't defend yourself in the same way that you'd be able to mm. if you had your legs. So, you know, taking that into consideration as well, being in that environment, it's, it's fucking daunting, if I'm honest. You know what I mean? It really, really is. And you were getting more than dirty stairs, mate, you know, so, so. Oh, really? Yeah. And you just, you had to just be on, you, mate, you just, it was like, it was like fucking code red at times. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit, wow. it was just like, you just had to fucking be aware. Um, and I just, yeah, I found some of that, mate, really, really, really quite scary, to be honest. Um, so I wanted to fire through that process as quickly as possible and just get the fuck out of Dodge. And, um, and, and that's what I did. But, um, yeah, mate, the hospital, the hospital staff and everything, everyone else involved in it, I, I can't be more grateful for, you know, and I am really, really, really fortunate to, to only get injured in the kind of, to the extent that I did, you know, like I said, there were guys in there that had gunshot wounds to the head, mate. And, um, you know, they could, they, they couldn't even talk. They couldn't do anything mate and very lucky to survive some of those guys so how many blokes are we talking about in there mate um ah uh, it's hard to give you an accurate representation mate but i'm just trying to think back now but so in in the ward that i was on i think there was eight beds in that ward and i'm just gonna just gonna try and think about how many guys were actually amputees so there was one two three four five i think six of us were double amputees mate doubles and then we had 
Yeah, and then we had an Estonian guy that had, had picked up about five, <laughs> five got sprayed, and he picked up about five gunshot wounds. And um, uh, mate, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. He was really, really sound. We became good friends after that, and he went through Headley as well, which was, you know, it was, it was awesome to kind of bounce off someone from a from, a, from another from another um, a military background and another mm. uh, nation as well, and it's great. And just to, just to see the resilience in in across the board, you know, it wasn't just British, you know, Estonians as well. So it's great to kind of like bounce off each other and just that camaraderie runs through the system entirely. Mm. You know, he'd, he'd got a few gunshot wounds, mate, and he was just like, at least I've got my limbs. I'm good to go. You know, do you guys need anything? Let me help. Let's go outside. Let's go for a smoke. Let's do this. Let's go for a brew. So it's just you, you, these bonds, mate, just got formed like instantly. Um, so that was that was in my room. And there must have been another kind of I want to say there's five or six, maybe seven rooms like that, you know, on the ward. Um, have you ever read the books about like Second World War guys who were in hospitals and stuff like that in the wards? Yeah, and there's like some about pilots. You know, they got the old what is it called the guinea pig club yeah. when they used to like when they were first. Have you ever read about those, mate? Because it sounds exactly the same kind of thing, the same kind of camaraderie. There is, mate, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned the guinea pig club because there's a, there's actually a club that's been started for 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 wounded guys. That are, well, I think the criteria is that you you've got to be either lifted by Pedro or Mert from the battlefield <laughs> <laughs> right okay you've got, to have a, you've got to have a traumatic injury mate and it's got to be by by dealt with by the enemy so so if you if you what happened if you did a dirty dash back in with the warriors well if you didn't <laughs> can you can you be in it that can you be in it that way because i'm thinking about or is this this is an afghan only thing is it no it's afghan and iraq i think yeah no so it might be worthy, mate. If you you want to get in touch, I can I can find out for you afterwards. Well, listeners, any listeners out there, if you've been on the back of a Pedro or a Mert, or if you got chucked in the back of the wagon uh, and driven back to Cam, uh, because that was the fastest way to do it in Iraq, because you're only down the road from your base. Yeah, usually chuck chuck someone in the back of the wagon and uh, and and drive them back in. Although there was an IRT out there, but it wasn't Chinook. It was a um, it was on Sea King, and then I think it was on a Merlin. So that so that club's called the Kazivak Club, mate. Um, I don't Kazivak know. Kazivak Club. Yeah, the Kazivak Club. Um, and yeah, so it's for for British forces um, uh, uh, predominantly at the minute, I believe. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's at. Um, and they have an, an AGM every year, mate, which is obviously just to piss up. <laughs> yeah. Just to get together, mate, spit a few dits, mate, and get smashed, basically. Um, but um, but I think what they're aiming to do, mate, is work work with professionals, work with consultants, um, listen and and engage with the Mert teams that lifted us off the battlefields um, and all kinds of interesting things. So they're working with, you know, I, I believe it's um, a, a SCAR foundation or SCAR free foundation. Um, I don't know the exact, uh, the exact uh, group, but I know they're working towards um, helping guys with surgery for you know further amputations and what kind of stuff and they've got donations coming in from from various different organizations in the city of london and yeah i think it's growing mate i think it's the third or fourth year now um but um it's, it's difficult mate because not not a lot of guys want to want to engage with this type of thing you know once once they get out and they realize that actually their lives have changed now um a lot a lot of guys are, are choosing not to engage with it and um I don't know why, mate, you know, and I, I was a little bit, I was a little bit, um, you know, standoffish at the start just because, you know, I'm, I'm moving in other directions now and I don't necessarily need my ties to be with the military anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, mate, I definitely do. I, I had this conversation with myself this morning. Like I was like, 
why the fuck am I getting myself wound up about this? It's like, I don't need to do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, not nothing to do with you. Like, but like when I was, you know, I spent, because I got, sometimes I get wound up, mate, because people, sort of sometimes people have an issue about something or things. And I'm thinking, well, I'm like, I'm putting myself through, like I get wound up before and after the podcasts. I do the podcasts and stuff. And then I'm like, why the fuck am I, like, why am I keep, keep taking myself back to the military stuff? Yeah. Why don't I just, like, leave it? But you know what? You know what? Right? I'm sure it's the same with you. Because every now and again, you get the message from somebody that says you helped them out. And that's why you keep doing it. That's the only reason, mate. And, um, you know, there was a period where I, I completely distanced myself from anything to do with the military. Because at that point, I, I was I was still so upset about, about you know, about having to leave it in the way that I did. Um and you know, I was, I was, I had a lot of resentment, you know, internally with myself, just because I was still so cut up about about standing on that IED. But you know, only only for for my own fault is like and that, and that was the only reason. But yeah. I needed to get through that period to then propel myself forward. And I think a lot of guys need to have a look at you know doing a similar sort of thing because people kind of want to hang on to it, mate. You know. Mm. And when it was when the line was drawn under it for me was really when I got blown up and it was like you're not you're not going to be that person anymore you know whatever hopes or dreams you had of going places doing things they're not there anymore regardless of what you want it's not happening so you really have to draw the line under it and just and just let it go and that was really hard for me to do at that period especially because I was so early in my career as well and I'd worked so hard for what it for what I wanted you know I bet you. Yeah, I was just going to say, mate, like what you're saying there is 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 pertinent to everyone because some people like yourself will have that forced on them because it's um, an amputation or, you know, whatever it is or like broken back or whatever. Yeah. Other people will just have it forced on them by time. Like you'll get to an age where you can't do it anymore. Like age is going to do what an amputation did for someone else. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. And I think that is what's so hard for so many people to accept, myself included. I, I really agree. I mean, you've got, you know, maybe people in sort of an RSM position or above. Uh, they've been in since they were 16. That's all they've known. You know, I can understand why that would be so hard. You know, I was in the Indian for a few years. And when I when I had to leave in that in the manner that I did, it was fucking difficult. So I still had a lot of that resentment that was inside me. And I just had to kind of really, really, really had to work on personal development and finding a new a new direction and honestly mate i don't even feel like i found my direction yet i don't even feel like i found it i think that's part of the thing though mate is knowing not finding your direction can be almost finding your direction in a way i agree because once you real once you once you understand that but i want to come back on that stuff mate let's just go back to headley court because um i don't really know i'm very fortunate i've not been through headley court um so for those of us who have been fortunate enough to not go through there, do you want to just tell us a bit about your time in that in that kind of process? I'm just going to make a note about coming back on this uh, finding your purpose. We'll get we'll pick that pick that back up. Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, so so Headley, mate, was like Headley was like my new kind of daily routine, or kind of like um, it, it was Headley was still the military, but it wasn't as disciplined, and obviously. Mate, there were times when like <laughs> you'd have a new a new CSM would tip up and it they he he would be like, listen, if you're gonna fuck about, then we're gonna get everyone on parade. So they and we'll agar you and fuck it. We're like the blokes were like, are you fucking taking the piss, mate? We've got no legs. Listen, <laughs> listen, I don't give a fuck who you are. You could be the colonel, you could be the fucking RSM. Doesn't matter, mate. We've got no legs. 
like you cannot force us to do things so there was a there was an element of 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 a rogue kind of few guys that were, <laughs> that were kicking about and like honestly mate there was a, a new ceo like tipped up and she was she was she was raf and the, the geezers like got gripped hard because no one would acknowledge her and i, I don't know why like, i don't know why they didn't acknowledge her but whenever they were crossing it because she's from the raf yeah well yeah i didn't want to say anything but um that's why you know, she'd be walking she'd be walking down the corridors mate and the corridors are not very wide at all like you'd have to like like turn to the side to get through some of the corridors so like <laughs> the ceo would be coming and for blokes not to even acknowledge her whatsoever like she was getting the hump i want to explain i want to explain to somebody because some people would be like oh it's because she's a woman no it's not it's because she's raf and look again i want to come back to something that justin said because this is important right you got to imagine like justin was saying these guys were on the ground doing the biz, right? So your attitude, when you're do, when you're on the ground doing the biz, your attitude is fuck the RAF. Yeah. Because, oh, oh, and, fu- and, fu- and fuck cobbits and fuck anyone that's like a fobbit. So like Justin was saying, like you're still going to have that attitude when you come back. It's going to take time to dissipate. So it's nothing before someone's like, hey, it's because she's women. No, it's not. It's because she's RAF and cobbit. It's, mate, it's absolutely not because she's a woman at all because... I'll fucking give you like the best reason possible. It's because one of the the only reason I'm fucking here today is because a female medic pretty much saved my life. So like all this fucking sexism mate, is 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 complete bullshit. And yeah, I I you know I, that's a real bugbear of mine, mate. Because there are women out there that can fucking operate ten times what some blokes that I know can. So um absolutely. So 100%. yeah, there's no reason why that because she was female the blokes weren't acknowledging it is because it was yeah because it's raf mate and um so she got the she got the ask about that and csm and the rsm were just literally just like look guys we know the score we know we can't fucking force you to do it but this is still a military establishment you need to abide by the rules to some degree yeah they were literally just like we can't control you but yeah literally it was mutual respect mate as soon as they stopped treating us like 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 kids you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're young men that have just come back from theatre of war, and some of those blokes down there have done some pretty fucking naughty things, you know? So to for, to have someone that had pretty much been sat at a desk for, for I don't know, five, ten years, like, probably dodging a few tours here and there, like, to start bobbing off at you, mm. it doesn't matter if you were a rifleman, private, like, it doesn't matter, like, who you're talking to. Like, it was just like, if it's mutual respect, you got on well with everyone. It was fine, mate. Um, so yeah, a lot outside of you know the discipline and all that kind of stuff. It was it was really what where I was made, I suppose. You know, um, and I was kind of I was mm. I was forced, I suppose, into the into kind of what I've grown into now. That was the building blocks, I suppose. And um, you know, so you tip up there, mate, and it's very much like a hospital, um, but um, it's depending on which ward you're on. So there's obviously a, a neuro ward, you know, for all the kind of um, the head injuries and et cetera. And then you've got the traumatic, um, uh, the trauma wards. Um, most of us are on the trauma wards, um, but you'd spend time. I spent a little bit of time in the, in the neuro ward because there wasn't any space in any of the trauma wards. Um, Cause at that time, 2011, the end of 2011, it was a very, very busy time. Uh, Headley Court, you know, especially sort of after mm. 2009, 2010, um, it was just constant, mate, guys coming in, you know, with, with missing limbs and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was a very interesting experience to be on the neuro ward for a bit. You know, it was some of the dits like those blokes would come out with because they wouldn't even know where they were, mate, and what they were doing. You know, so they'd be sat there like smashing tins of biscuits and drinking cups of tea, and just gobbing off at everyone. And it would just be like 
to be honest, mate, it was looking back, it was it was quite it was quite sad to see, you know, that these these blokes that are in the the, the prime of their life and the pin in you know they're doing the the, the, the pinnacle work, mate, and and they're then kind of reduced to the you know a wheelchair and you know with a with a severe brain injury and you don't know what their life is going to hold for them, you know, later on. And, and that's another position of gratitude, mate. And it sounds yeah. terrible, but like, but I'm only going to say this because I present myself in this position to other people as well. And you kind of use those guys and the position they're in as motivation that you should do more because they can't. Does that make sense? One hundred percent, mate. I want to ask you two questions. I'm going to ask you two questions here, mate. One of them is going to be really deep, and then I've got a light one to, f- to follow up with, right? <laughs> So, because I was just thinking about those guys then, and I was thinking, well, like, I think I'd rather be dead, personally, yeah. than vegetable. Do you think that there's something worse than a fate? That, that is, is there something worse than for you? You don't even have to go into what it is, but is there an existence for you that's worse than death, or is any existence worth having? I know it's a deep one, mate. But... No, 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 it's a good, it's a really good one, because, and it's quite a simple one, to be honest, because... Like, I think this is probably my limit, you know, like losing both your legs and then having damage to your arm as well. Like, I got off fucking lightly, mate. Let's be honest, you know. Um, I, I got off lightly and I'm just so grateful for that. And that and that allowed me to do what I'm doing. I think that if I'd have lost a couple of arms as well, mate, I don't know, you know, or if I'd have got a gunshot wound in the head and I didn't know what was going on, I'm not sure. Especially if I was wheelchair bound, I don't think I'd enjoy it, mate. Honestly, I really don't, and I and I I'm so fortunate and grateful that I'm not, you know, in that position. And I and um, I know people can go on and live fantastic lives, and each to their own. And it it is what you make of it. But for me, I don't know what I do, mate. Honestly, but I'd much rather have no legs. Um, but I think that would be my limit. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, man. Right, I'm gonna lighten the mood. What was a scoff like in Edley Court? Rats. Fuck, was it really? Mate, it was howling. Oh, man, I expected that. I, I thought they'd be like, actually, what am I talking about? This is the military. Of course, my mistake. Yeah. I'd have thought they'd be like, oh, these lads have, like, fucking, mate, knowing, knowing the military, you're probably eating your own legs. They probably repurposed those fuckers. Mate, they did, mate. <laughs> it, just, it was like that mince we were eating, that was literally like limbs that had just been, yeah, just chopped up. Mate, oh, smashed mate. Smashed back through the system. Honks, mate, it was, honks it was, mate, it was, it was a real sore spot for all that were down there. It was literally just like, and and this is the reason why blokes were getting a lot of a lot of scoff sent in, you know, from externals, mm. you know. So and and this is a downfall of the system, really, because they they could have just fucking pumped a bit more money into it, mate, instead of getting Sodexo down there and got some private company in there to square it away and really brought the standard up to square the blokes away. But they didn't. It was shit for years. Then like that, and to put it quite bluntly, it, it was it was fucking bollocks. So anyone in that anyone in that area listening. <laughs> Fucking go and open a business next to if you want to fu- open a pizza shop next to Uber Eats, right. you'll be wearing gold underpants before you fucking know it. That's fucking disgusting, though, mate. That is disgusting. Like you, you take you know you. There's a lot of like people don't fit as much money in the army and stuff and the Ministry mm-hmm. of Defence. That's fucking bollocks. It's everywhere. Just go and sell off some staff cars, and instead of driving around with your fucking staff cars and your nice fucking Mercedes, how about you get a fucking Robin Reliant with fucking Trotters Independent <laughs> Training yes. training on the side. <laughs> And, we, and use that or stop using helicopters to fucking fly in meetings get up a fucking few hours early and get in a traffic you cunts and fucking give the boys some fucking scoff square the blokes away fucking oh, hell mate it's not that hard is it yeah shouldn't be, that, shouldn't be that hard mate shouldn't be that hard it's not hard mate it's not hard at all but like 
so 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 you had these blokes mate down there and and I don't want to name names, but you you had a few guys that were, that went in very very slim and slight, and they left there fucking a lot bigger than they went in basically. Right. Um, uh, yeah, which you know, I guess there's so many different reasons for this, mate. And mm-hmm. um, you know, guys have got you know issues outside the military, you know, family issues, you know, uh, issues with the military, issues with just being getting blown up, you know, whatever it may be. There's guys that have got huge, you know, array of different um, uh, uh, problems and 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 challenges that they face. Um, and it and you had guys kind of comfort eating a lot, you know, yeah, um, yeah and just and just smashing pizza after pizza and just because they'd had a large influx of cash mate from their compensation as well. They were just mm. spunking it mate up the wall. And again, I would look at these guys as well. And I don't know if this is why I'm different or not, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not going down that route. I'm not doing it. It doesn't do it for me. Like I, this is this time in my life is going to make or break me. And I need to fucking knuckle down and get into it. Like, and honestly, mate, I was so fucking focused and I like my, I had tunnel vision and because like, I was, do you know what, mate, I was actually really fortunate that another, another senior rifleman was there at the time and he actually got injured. I think we covered this earlier, but he, he actually got injured in the morning and we actually, it, uh, actually went down to, to extract him from the battlefield. So he was a platoon sergeant, mate, and he was, he was green through and through. Anyway, um, he was ahead at the same time as me, mate. And I just spent the last kind of two years in battalion, like kind of under his command in the company. So like you wanted to do everything you could to please this guy because he was fucking, you looked up to them as gods, didn't you? Mm. You know, especially if they were decent, decent blokes and they were going to fucking lead you through battle. Like, And he really would. He was a fucking proper warrior. Um, so to have him at headquarters as well at the time, mate, he would literally be briefing the riflemen like even before we do like a first parade and you'd be like, listen, fucking we're all, we're all riflemen. Let's fucking get into this and let's smash it. That's awesome. Yeah. Every fizz session, let's get together and let's fucking hammer it. And that's how it happened, mate. And that's how it happened. That's really good, mate. And I was, I was, I was so grateful to have him there, you know, and we really, really like all the riflemen just kind of bounced off each other at that point. And, you know, I'm not saying the fucking rifles are better than anyone, mate. What I'm saying is at that time we had an individual that, kind of united us in our in our fucking darkest hour and you said listen lads let's fucking get into this you know we're here for a reason let's just absolutely make the best of what we got you know and just every fizz session mate we were just trying to outdo each other mm. like and it was and honestly like you could see the staff looking around they were just like fucking hell like you know they would always notice that we were smashing it because after every session we'd just be in bits mate on the floor like literally mm. not 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 able to move and that just had such a positive impact, not only on us as a small group of, of riflemen, but of the entire kind of class that was in the fizz session as well. Yeah. So we kind of made it our mission just to bring everyone up and just to 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 show by action, not to gob off, not to start like chopping off anyone, but just to fucking action, 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 action. And then they watched they watched us progress, and they watched me, you know, progress like and getting onto my prosthetics, and they watched me fly through that process pretty quickly. And it was just fantastic to inspire other people and to be that person that the other guys were looking at and going, you know what? Like if I work to that level, I'm going to be able to do what he's doing. Mm. And I thrived off of that. I loved it. I loved helping people in that way. I really did. And it, and it was, it was a such a positive cycle, but that's the way I saw it, mate. You know, 
I, I, you know, coming from the position of gratitude at that point, admittedly, there were times when I was pissed off and I'm stressed and every, all the other emotions came out. But but averagely, I was I was coming from a position of gratitude mm. and I was grateful to be in that position where I could actually help and 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 be of use to people, you know, and I just may I just I thrive. I really did thrive in that environment. And um, that's what pushed me through. And that's how I got through the process, you know, rapidly. And now whenever I go back, mate, so I don't know if you know about Stanford Hall, which is the new Headley Court. No. So Stanford Hall, mate, is so Headley Court is is in the south of England, and and all the blokes that that live in Scotland and the north of England have to travel for hours, 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 and hours, and hours just to get down there. They're away from their families, and it's you know it's nothing like being in 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 Afghan or in Iraq or wherever else, mate. But but at this time they needed to be close to their families, and they couldn't be without hours of travel or you know duty transport, and it was a nightmare for those guys. So you know the MOD, uh, the government. Have, have have come together and they've done the right thing and they've moved it to another location in the center of the country which is great for everyone so anyway i've been going up there recently to try and get my prosthetics sorted because i couldn't get it you know couldn't get them right on the nhs mm. um so I'd, I'd gone up there mate, and i'd seen all the old faces you know the the physios that had gone up with a move and i'd seen some of the other um occupational therapists etc and the ptis and they were kind of just like man we've fucking seen you since day one like like we are so impressed like you know what you're doing now is just incredible like you, you're summiting mountains you know you you're raising awareness you're helping other people they're just like what you're doing is amazing and for me like go eight years i've been injured now and it's been such a hard journey such a long journey but even to be recognized like that by the guys that saw me at the start is is just you know it's it's pure joy i mean that's like a third of your life right that's like a third of your life. Oh, mate. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 32 now, but it's pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Jesus, mate. That's mad. Yeah, it is. It, it really is, man. It honestly feels like yesterday, mate. They got blown up. and um, You know, you said something once, mate, that stuck with me, was that it was the... Um, that this is the easiest it's going to be for you. That's right, though, isn't it? You know, at this age, tell to, to, to explain to people about that because it was a post. I thought it was really. That, I think that's when I really took notice of you, mate. I was like, I mean, I've been, I've been on your page for a few wanks before, like, but then I was like, fucking hell! I was like, this lad's this lad's fucking. He's got. Um, the, hang on, I was tapping my head there. No one could see it. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I was like, you know, not that I can say that I get about amputations and stuff, but just the fact that you can't expect things to get easier. Like this is probably the easiest point in our lives. We're just going to get more stuff on top of it. Do you know where that comes from, mate? And I appreciate that. It's really kind, mate, you say, but um, I, I, it, it really comes from a position that as we get older, it's, it's obvious that our bodies are not going to be able to, to, uh, are not going to be capable of things that we, that we hope they might be able to. So I'm fully aware of that, mate. And uh, you know, this it's really as a 32 year old guy, mate, it's fucking difficult just to get about mm. now on prosthetics, you know, the heavy, um, it takes so much, it takes three up to three, probably more, but three times more energy, you know, than, than an able-bodied uh, person just to walk about. Really? That's on a complete, yeah, mate. And that's on a completely flat surface. Um, so as soon as you start taking inclines into it, you know, you know, it's just, it's horrendous, mate. Honestly, like, and is that down to lever? Is that down to lever? Sorry to interrupt, mate. Yeah. Um, it's just this is so interesting. Is that so? That's down to like the leverage of your muscles and stuff, or is it? Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's you know the muscles are degrading all the time, mate. So, right. you know, when they so so when when my legs got removed, 
Um, the the um, I was very fortunate at that time to to have my full femur and alongside my full femur in length I had you know my quads and my hams and my abductors and everything else were were, were attached in their original locations okay. so I was so fortunate to have those levers and I was you know I was looked at by the other blokes as like you know oh, that's all right for you mate you've got like you know yeah. through the amputations you know um, but you know I'll move on to that in a bit, mate, and, and make a note of that. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the through knee and then above knee amputations. Okay. Um, but but um, yeah, so so having my full full muscle groups, mate, in their original uh, locations was was fantastic um, for walking and for everything else and for all normal movement. Um, but but um, it your muscles are degrading all the time because the the forces are not actually they're not being used in the same way. So if you imagine if you step up a step and your and your quads and and your your hip flexors are, are, are getting absolutely smashed right to to transfer that weight in a vertical position well I'm not stepping up like that anymore I'm kind of stepping up most of the time with a straight leg so imagine if you just plant your heel on a step and then just drive up through your hip mm-hmm. like you're using your lower back and mainly your lower back in your glute so so that's how I have to step up and walk now mate um so you're not really using your quads or your hamstrings that much so they're just degrading all the time and when they're inside a, a socket as well you know it's hard carbon fiber they haven't got really anywhere to move so they're constantly conditioning to their their surroundings um but yeah i lost you lose you naturally lose a huge amount of muscle mass because you're not really using them in the same way anymore um so everything becomes so much harder. And when you, when you say degraded, mate, sorry, like just for uh, just to be clear on that, that basically just means like wasting away. Yeah, yeah, your muscles are just they're just wasting away, mate. They're just right. because they're just not being used in in the same way. So you might get more muscle mass. Like I've got more muscle mass in my hip flexors now, and in my lower back, right? Um, because it just that's that's where the forces are being transferred now. Um, so everything about movement changes, and everything about movement has to be planned. Like honestly, like every single step you have to plan. Wow. It's like it must mate, it must be like, you know, eighty, ninety percent of thought processing when I'm moving is just focused on moving, you know. Yeah. And that's just walking across the flat. Yeah. Because as soon as you stop thinking about it, you just fall over and you look like a dick. <laughs> but, okay, I'm not I'm gonna try and take a positive out of negative here. A lot of people have always got so much shit on their mind that they're never in the moment. Hundred percent. Has this has, has this helped you become more in the moment with everything? And yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and talk talk negatively like for the whole time because that's absolutely not what I'm about. That's not 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 negative at all, mate. Yeah, yeah, but that's I just want to reiterate that's completely not what I'm about. But like you know, for the listeners, but um, um, I'm always looking for the positivity and and the outcome, you know, and how to move forwards. Um, but yeah, completely, mate, completely, and. And that's probably why I'm so busy because I don't have time to think about that shit. Yeah. And, you know, what is the point of me thinking about that? Like, what is the point? If I'm just constantly sat there, like reminiscing or not reminiscing, but probably, you know, it, it sat there in fear thinking about getting blown up all the time or what it was like to get blown up or, you know, that 25 minutes I'm laying on the ground, mate, hoping the Taliban don't get to opposition and fucking brass me up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point in me thinking about that? It doesn't take me anywhere. But just in general as well, mate, just just in general, it's, um, you know, we spend a lot of time 
um, just generally like, you know, we, a lot of our time is just spent with our mind wandering all over the place. A lot of times yeah. rehashing old things, a lot of time worrying about what's in the future. A lot of time, like most of it is not, is never ha- like, sometimes you'll worry about what could have happened in the past. It's not even what did happen. You're worrying. <laughs> so this, so crazy, this, isn't it? yeah. So like, you know, we're very here at veteran state of mind. We're high advocates of meditation. Um, but it's <laughs> meditation basically just means fucking concentrating on one thing. And like, and that's exactly what you've been doing. So it sounds like your walking is, med- you know, your walking is meditation because it's like, you know, like meditation focuses your mind on the breath. Usually yeah. yours is focused on the step. And that's a, that's a superpower, mate. To be able to concentrate on something like that is a superpower. Uh, no, I, I agree, mate. And I really do. And um, yeah, it, it has helped me and, and focused me. And do you know what, mate? Like now my, I say I, I haven't found my, my correct, well, maybe I haven't found my pathway yet, but my, my kind of journey is opening up in front of me now and what I need to do is solve problems with prosthetics and not only because mm. it solves my problems but it's going to solve like hundreds of thousands of people's issues around the world and that's why you see me doing those things you know online and you know what I'm what I'm trying to do you know currently um so yeah like mate thought thought processing you know you can you can if you want you can observe, you know, negativity, you can observe the media, you can let it kind of control you, um, or you can step back and you can say, fucking hold on a minute, like, and actually take a note of what your thought, the direction your thoughts are, are heading. And you can be like, hold on a minute, that's a negative thought pattern. Like, I'm, mm. I'm observing that and I'm stopping it rather than letting it spiral. And I think that's a real skill that people, you know, would be you know, beneficial to learn for a lot of guys and girls, that are especially coming back from theatre, you know. Absolutely, mate. People in general too, I've done it myself recently. I've got sucked into stuff and before you know it, yeah. I'm ranty McGrant pants. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm ranty McGrant pants all the time. But like, but like, at least I'm usually zoned in on a rant because I've got my mind in one place. <laughs> but like recently, I've been getting pulled in all directions and I've, it's taken real effort to get back on, yeah. on track the other way. And one of the ways to do that, mate, has been I've been turning my phone off a lot more turning my phone off a lot more i no longer i put out posts now but no longer then get sucked into comments i don't comment on other people's pages yeah. unless it's just a, unless it's like unless it's a mate but i'm not going on any saying i think this and that because you're just going to get sucked in uh, and that's really important mate you know what you what you brought up there about solving a problem yeah. That's how you make enough money to buy golden underpants. <laughs> it really is. So you're going to be, you'll probably like, so you've got the trifecta, mate. You're doing something that you enjoy. Yeah. You're doing something that's going to benefit other people and you're doing something that's going to get you the super yacht. <laughs> and obviously, remember your mates. I will, mate. When you get I'm it. So, I know where I come from. Remember your mates. Proper sesh on the on the super yacht. <laughs> yeah. um, is it like... What what what's you kind of like? How how is how is this work then? How like what are you doing? Like are you working with partnerships with people, or are you just like I'm gonna fucking try some mad shit out with my legs? And like, how's it going? It's a little bit of both, mate. To be honest, um, I I to me, mate, I like to I like to solve problems and I like to help people. But if there's an issue, mate, and I'm halfway through it. I need to fucking get to the end of it because if I don't get to the end mm. of it, I just spend all my time thinking about it and I'm thinking about solutions about how to solve this issue or get through this this problem. Um, so I've been doing a lot of it myself, but I, I, I recently found this, this these guys on, on Instagram um, and um, they were doing, they were kind of making prosthetics for, for dogs or actually various different animals. And I was just like, <laughs> that was really cool. I, was like, I really like animals as well. And I was just like, this is so fucking cool. Like watching this dog like 
it's had an amputation and you're seeing it like in one part of the video and it's hopping around without any prosthetic and it doesn't look that happy mate to be honest and then they bang this prosthetic on it and this fucking dog is just like gallivanting around mate and i was just beaming mate from here to here and i was like that is so so cool mm. i'd love to be involved in that but like uh, from another point of view i was like you know what that dog is wearing because it was wearing like a kind of vest that it was that was that was had the prosthetic strap to so the vest would go around the dog's body it would be strapped across it so it's very supportive and then the prosthetic would be underneath the dog so in the, in, the, in where its leg used to be mm. and the, the dog just looks so happy mate and i did, but i looked at this vest and i was like you know what that 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 the kind of vest structure that that dog has got there that could really like be utilized in what i'm trying to do so i got in touch with these guys and they were just like we would be so happy to help you out mm. like all we'd want all we've wanted is to get into human prosthetics like we love doing the animal stuff it's so so rewarding but we really want to like eventually move into the human prosthetics world and i was like this is this could be something you know so these guys make a couple of young guys that run their own small design company in the US, the East Coast, I believe. Um, and they're just super excited, mate. They're just like, they're like excitable little kids, you know, but they're just, they're just like WhatsApping me all the time. Like we can do this, we can do that. Like they're design, they're, they're doing all the CAD drawing stuff and then sending me the files and like, I'm printing bits on my 3d printer. You got a 3d printer. Yeah, mate. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was all for that reason, mate. It was all for that reason. So I spotted that post, got in touch with them. I was like, what, what, what technology is this? Like, what are you doing? What material is that? I was just belt fed them like 50 questions. And they were like, no worries, man. This is cool. Like, I just answered all my questions. They were like, it's this material, that material. Like, we can do this, 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 and this. Like, you know, looking at your page, like, you know, what you're doing is amazing. We'd love to be involved with you. Like, so that's kind of where it's begun. And we've probably been, you know, like speaking to each other for the last couple of months now. Um, and mate, I believe, I honestly believe that I'm going to, I'm going to solve this problem. Like, you know, that, have you seen my post today? That little yellow thing that I'm wearing on my. Yeah, the little yellow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, obviously this is very, very first kind of stage, but that's kind of what I'm after. I'm trying to create a foot that's, that's going to take the pressure from, from like the impact out of my stumps because mm-hmm. you know, that jumping movement that I'm doing, mate, I, there was no way I'd be able to do that on the leg on the foot that i'm wearing on the other side so it's a much more stable like structure it's aluminium it's solid plastic there's no kind of like giving it at all so as soon as you jump on that mate that that force just trans transfers straight up through the socket straight up through your stump and into your pine uh, your spine and into your um your pelvis and um right. um it's mate it's just it's horrendous so like i wanted to solve that problem because when I was coming down from like descending Mont Blanc and also Kilimanjaro, fuck mate, it's just like that constant impact on your body is smashing you to bits. It's like compressing your spine, you know. So it's really not good for longevity, mate. And I was like, I need to solve this problem. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna crack mountains like properly, I need to solve this problem. So that's where it came from, and that's what I'm doing. Um, it's the very beginning, but I, I honestly believe in the next year, maybe year and a half, that I'll have something that will that will be, you know, that I'll be able to bring to market and I'll be able to give to, you know, to other amputees in the same position. And and that for me, mate, to see people using my prosthetics would be a like kind of a dream come true, you know. Yeah, it'd be awesome, mate. Plus, it'd be up. Um, yeah. like, tell people then, because you casually threw in there, I liked it, mate. Very casually threw in Mont Blanc and Kilimanjaro dippy oh. legs. 
stiffy legs, yeah. uh, okay. which is amazing. Obviously, I've heard that part of your story before, and I think it's fucking incredible, mate. But tell the noble listeners um, about those, how did they come about, and how how was it to do them? Oh, so, so, so. I guess we have to cover the the. I'll briefly cover the surgery that I had to to put me on this journey. So from from day one, mate, when I got injured, like my stumps were 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 classed as a through knee amputation, and at the end of my stump was basically like a clenched fist. Right. So it kind of went, you know, it went wider where the fist the the, the fist is, and where the wrist is, it went more narrow. Then as you gradually went up the forearm like as it was my stump it would get fatter at the top so it's like a conical shape but then with like a bulbous piece on the end okay. now to fit a prosthetic for that is an absolute nightmare so i spent six years mate of bouncing through different surgeries getting bits of bone shaved off you know to make it a better shape to fit inside the socket and the socket's just the carbon fiber piece that attaches to the actual prosthetic and it's the piece that you wear on your leg so um so countless surgeries mate and every time you go through one of these surgeries, it's like they have to open up the whole stump, mate. They have to expose the end of the bone. They have to shave a bit off, like a couple of millimeters, shave it off, literally shave it off, file it off, whatever. And then they push, put the stump back together, mate, and you have to heal. And after you healed, you have to learn to walk again. We have to get your prosthetics fitted again. Then you have to start to walk again. Oh, mate, so I went through that cycle like for six years, mate. And honestly, I must have built so much psychological resilience during that time. Yeah, it was, I bet me. It, it was fucking horrendous. It really, it was, it was the worst period of my life, to be honest. But so. Well, now I feel bad laughing at it. Yeah, no, no, no. Carry <laughs> on, mate. Quality. But uh, yeah, it was terrible, mate. I was suicidal and everything. Um, but um, I wasn't. But um, so, yeah, I have these, um, these minor surgeries, mate. But each time they were actually a major impact on my life, like a huge impact, you know. And because I was double, it was like, well, do I do one leg at a time or do I do both legs at a time? If I do one leg at a time, I can I can stay out the wheelchair, I can hop around on crutches. I can kind of retain some normality during my healing process and not feel stressed about that, you know, about being in a wheelchair and being, you know, my independence is gone. So I was fighting all these battles, mate. I was just like constantly like, what's the best thing for me to do? Like, do I get both done, suck it up? sit in a wheelchair for a few months, heal, get back on my legs, fight through. And I did that, mate, countless times. Anyway, no matter what I did, I couldn't get it right. No matter how many times I had these fucking little bits shaved off my bone, like put it back together, like, and all these times, mate, you're having like, you know, you're having an epidural and all of these kinds of like different medical procedures. It's horrendous for the body. The body's just getting absolutely trashed, mate, like completely. Um, like all these, you know, um, drugs in your system it's just it's horrendous so to go through that period was just it was yeah it was it was rats so i get to this point mate where i just there's nothing more i can do apart from like go for more major surgery so i was like it, it one night it just became clear to me i was just like it's been fucking six years man like, i can't keep bouncing through this yeah. process it's really like it's really degrading my lifestyle I didn't have any really much of a social life because I couldn't get out. When I was walking, it was so painful. I was just in agony all the time, mate. Like, and I wasn't really a, that best person to be around. So I was like, I've got to take action. I've got to fucking do something because this is not on. Like, it's not on for myself. It's not on for everyone else. I need to like respect like myself and do this. So I was like, right, I've just got to go from a through knee to an above knee amputee. And like, there was so much stigma around it, mate. You know, as soon as I went in to see my surgeons, and they were my surgeons were amazing. 
they were just like, we know exactly what you want to do without you even opening your mouth. <laughs> I was like, no, honestly, mate, because they knew what I wanted. They were just like, yeah, we'll do it for you. But they were like, honestly, we, we can only do one at a time because this is this type of surgery is, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a medium to high level surgery. Um, it's not something that, that we do very often. There aren't many people that go from a through knee amputation to an above knee amputation. It's usually you want to keep as much as you can. And when you're chopping more off, people are looking at you a little bit, you know, a little bit, <laughs> looking a little out of the corner of their eye, mate. And they're like, are you, are you really sure? <laughs> you ever see Father Ted, mate? Yeah. This kind of reminds me of the Father Ted when they've got the car and they do the little dink. They're trying to knock the little dink out of it. <laughs> you've been talking through this and i've just got this picture of that car just like for your legs like right we just need a little bit of that fuck fuck all the legs are gone gosh it's all gone so yeah so mate so i went in there and they were just like we know what you want to do and i was like cool can we do it they were like yes but this is not normal like we know you're not the norm you we know you're not average joe we know we know what you want to do we've seen you for these six years we've done all these surgeries on you and we understand the process like yeah let's do it so what that meant was they had to chop four inches off of my off of my femur and it takes me from a through knee to an above knee there are so many different four inches yeah 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 so so actually they were so when when so when by taking the four inches off it actually puts the knee center of my prosthetic in a position of where my biolo- biological knee was before. Right. So, it, so it actually makes your kind of mobility uh, um, a lot easier. So, you know, you can wear normal length trousers and all that kind of stuff without, without it looking like you've got, you know, three feet long femurs. Mm. So, because obviously when you've got your full femur, then you've got to put the prosthetic on the end of that as well. So you are probably adding six, six inches so when you sit down, um, you're adding a six inches onto the end of your knees, basically. Right. So by taking off that four inches, I was kind of bringing my legs closer to my body and actually looked more normal. Gotcha. So that was the reason for, for doing it. Um, um, and also because it gave us enough surface area of the femur to weight bear on. Um, so if you clench your fist and you, you look at the surface area, on the bottom, you can imagine that's the area that the, the force is spread across inside the socket. Well, as soon as you chop your, your fist off, it goes from quite a large area to a very small area in your wrist. Right. So that was a huge risk, you know, for the surgeons. They were like, you know, we have to connect the, 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 the muscles over the top of your, your femurs and we have to join the hamstrings and the quads together so they actually work. So to, to, to go over the bone, it's not wise that you're weight bearing con- like 100% on the end of that because the bone is going to push through the muscles and especially when you're ten- you're you're contracting the muscles like you can imagine you're putting all this pressure on the bone and it's pushing on the muscles and you're trying to contract those muscles it's agony mate because the muscles are trying to move but they can't mm. because they're being held down by the bone and the weight and gravity and everything else so yeah like you- it was a huge risk to do this mate a huge risk but anyway i did it and i cracked it and um you know prosthetists and physios and other consultants and other amputees were kind of saying to me mate are you are you sure like are you okay do you are you sure you're doing the right thing and i was like listen i've you i've got to this point through six years of trials and tribulations and and a lot a lot of setbacks and they were just like 
but they didn't see that really they didn't see my full journey as i saw it they saw it another way because from the outside mate i was actually quite active compared to those guys right. whereas for me i'm acting i'm, I'm operating at five percent honestly yeah, yeah. i was like this is shit like yeah this is shit um so 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 yeah mate um i did i did one leg and i was hopping around on crutches while while the other one healed um for about six months uh, and then i went straight back in and i got the other one done such a quick turnaround mate i barely had any you know the the, the first one had only just healed by the time i went in to get the other one done so it was a really really slick kind of you know time scale um uh, operation and it all it all went really well to be honest mate i'm i'm really fortunate and thankful to my to my surgeons for allowing me to do that but 6 months after my recovery mate and i've done both of my legs so i'm now a double above knee amputee 6 7 months after that i'm stood at the top of mont blanc and i was like i was like i fucking told you like i fucking told you i told every one of you that like i'm capable like and people were kind of looking at me throughout the years going yeah we know he's got the mindset we know he's strong you know he's resilient but can he really do things like this and i could just see it in him mate and i was like i was like yeah you just fucking watch me so as soon as that happened mate and i, I was at top of mont blanc it was it wasn't like a two fingers up to to, to people in general but it was for myself mm. and i had to prove to myself that i could still do it um you know and that for me was kind of the closure on that period of my life and it was no, mate, not even not even towards a summit, mate. But I was on. Luckily, I was on my own. But I was just fucking bawling. Mm. I was bawling. Like tears were just streaming out my fucking face. And I was just like, I was just so emotional, mate. And I was just so caught up in it because all that trauma that I'd been through previously just all came out on the mountain. And I was just like, I was just like, fuck, man. Everything I'd been through, and I just found myself sat there on on the side of Mont Blanc, and I was probably like probably around 4,400 meters altitude. So I wasn't, I was fair. I was, you know, was a few hours from the summit and I was just like, this is fucking amazing. Like, this is the only place I want to be in the world right now. And it was just silent, mate. And the sun was coming up like above, above cause we were above the clouds. Mm. The sun was coming up from below the clouds. And I was just like, that's so fucking weird. That's so <laughs> fucking weird. The sun is rising from, be from below the clouds. And I was like, this is so, so cool. Like, and that, that moment, all that trauma just came out of me. And I was like, right, bang. There's no way I'm not making it to the summit. And I was just like, bosh. Got up there, mate. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But um, but I got up there. You know, we, we got up there as a team. And, um, you know, it, it was without the team, it wouldn't have happened. And um, uh, I'm very grateful to those guys as well. Little walk, just a little walk up, no blanc blanc with no legs. Yeah. No, <laughs> no big deal. Even though I saw it as the hardest thing I've ever done, it really doesn't it's not really a standout for me you know at this mm. point it's it's not really a standout like because i knew i was capable mate because of what i'd been through in the past there was no way i was not getting to the top you know if weather if weather stopped us weather stopped us mate but it didn't you know there was no way that i, I would crawl to the top and i pretty much did anyway um so so the, so the guys that organize that mate hst ventures and they're they're run by uh, nepalese uh, veterans and um very 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 humble guys and just just awesome very calm um very knowledgeable skillful they you know they, they've been in the business for a long time and um they what what they don't know about the mountains mate isn't worth knowing so um i was i was so pleased to work with them and um they did everything they could to get us up there um and the the, the team was you know it was it was it was so fluid mate and it just it just happened 
you know, there are a few few sketchy moments on the way down when we didn't have enough water on the way back down. But um, <laughs> it was like eating ice, mate, just eating chunks of ice because it got to that point. It was like, fuck, man, we're like really dehydrated. Like we need to we need to get some ice in us because it just ran out of water, mate. It was it was howling. But um, yeah, so HST are the guys. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. Um, HST Adventures, and um, they'll they'll be. They came with us on Kilimanjaro as well, and um, they'll be um, facilitating uh, Mount Elbrus uh, next year as well in Russia and potentially going to Nepal with them at the end of this year. COVID, COVID. Um, <laughs> There's no such thing as COVID, mate. It's ended. COVID's gone now. Just tell them you're doing a protest on the top of fucking, um, on the top of Everest, you'll be all right. Take a placard. Take a placard with you. You'll be sound. That's a good idea, mate. Um, so, so yeah, that was, you know, that was that. And really, mate, Mont Blanc was like, it, it, it was a personal challenge. It was a personal challenge. Um, because I, you know, struggled through those years. I was like, I need to do something. I need to do something, you know, to prove to myself that I'm still capable. And I've, and I'm, you know, and I'm really can, you know, put this behind me and close the door on that period now. And mm. and it was, you know, when I went back to see when I went back to see the professionals that told me that I couldn't do it, they were just they were literally like, man, we we're we're actually really sorry that we kind of tried to push you away from that because we've seen how you progress since you've done the surgery. And I was like, I knew that I was never going to be like, I was never, there was never any anger towards him. I was just headstrong yeah. and I knew exactly what I needed to do. And, and, and I was very certain about the, the process I needed to take to get me to where I needed to be. And I did it. I followed the foot, the followed the, you know, the path. And, and that's what happened. And I got to the top and got back down. Um, and that was the very beginning, mate. That's the very beginning. And then, you know, six, seven months later, then we went to Killy and we did that. And, um, that was a different different mountain mate it's just you know it's, it's a bit higher so but the walk in is a lot longer so you know we covered nearly 60 kilometers over those you know that six or nothing was eight days in total wow. um so it's a long way on prosthetics mate you know it really is you know because they're they're quite heavy and when you're gaining altitude you're, you're using a lot more energy and there's less oxygen and your body's just fighting to survive you know when you're getting higher and higher towards six thousand meters so um uh yeah towards the top mate that was probably another one of my hardest days um mate i was i was having weird experiences at the top i don't know whether <laughs> i don't know whether it was a sleep depth or not but it was just like i was having out of body experiences man i was like nice. yeah I like it, them. <laughs> it, it was, and i was on nothing i was on nothing apart from like water and, <laughs> and mm. like some scoff mate some fried eggs um but um, <laughs> yeah yeah so honestly man like I was so fatigued, just so fatigued. I think I was just falling asleep when I was like, when I was standing up and I was just kind of, you have that moment where you feel like you're falling when you're asleep, but you wake up. Mm. So I was having loads of those and I was just like, right. I was like, this is fucking weird. I was just like, right, just crack on anyway. Just kept going. I mean, you know, proper exhausted. Yeah. Proper exhaustion, mate. And it was, you know, we just got absolutely fragged, mate. But it was great. So were you supposed to be doing one right now? Like, were you supposed to be doing one during the lockdown period? Yeah, I was going to be going to, in July, mate. I'm going to be going to July to, um, uh, to Russia to do Elbrus. Right. Um, and that's just going to be postponed now until 2021. How, how big is that one? I'm not familiar. Uh, that's, that's similar to Killy. So it's, I think it's 5.8. Right. Um, or it might actually be 5.6. Killy's 5.895. Um, and, and that's 5.6, I believe. Um, so yeah. So will you be trialing out the next? Will you be trialing out these new um, prosthetic, like the attachments that you've been working on? Will you be will you be trialing I'm those gonna, next? It's going to be, you know, 
they're very specific, mate, for, for different uses. So right. um, I, I think I'm going to have to design some more for, for that because it's mainly snow and ice. Mm. Um, whereas what I'm designing at the minute is, is really for kind of like rocky surfaces. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to design, you know, something that, that enables a crampon to, to function how I'd like it to function. Um, but the, these guys in the, in the US, mate, they're, they're so super key, mate, to like get involved in all of these projects. They're just like, right, like, like what else do you want to make? What else do you want to make? Um, and they've obviously got the design skills, you know, and the, and the technical ability to actually put that together. And, um, and I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to what we can produce. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be kind of a handful of, of products, mate, that I'm going to have to design, you know. Exciting times, bro. Really exciting, mate. Really, really exciting. Yeah. Mate, I could, I could talk to you all day about this. Uh, except I can't because we've got more guests here. But let um make a promise, please, to come back and talk on a, in a couple of months, mate. Let's do another one in a couple of months because there's so much we can talk about. I love to, mate. With you, I'm sorry, mate. I've just literally like smashed through it, haven't I? I've no, I love. No, I love it, mate. I love it. it could just like belt fed you, mate, for an hour and a half. <laughs> no, I love it. It's mate. If we didn't have um, if we didn't have back to back guests, then I would I would love to just keep on hearing about this. Send him off, mate. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he was he was in Delta Force. So I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I did, I did I say that? I, I reckon I, I reckon I can run from um, run from you faster than I can get go get from him. Yeah, all right, let's not do that then. Yeah, maybe you should, you should get him on, mate. <laughs> yeah, but mate, thanks so much. I want I, I know you've got so much good fucking stuff in your head, though, mate. So let's pull out a nice final thought message for noble listeners because I know you've got you got a lot of fucking good stuff in there, mate. Like I've already told you, I I, I really loved that um, the one earlier about like you know. There's this idea that things aren't going to get easier, so just you need to basically attack the, everything with that attitude. I love that. Any other great bits of wisdom before you before we say goodbye? Yeah, mate. Uh, thank, thank you, mate. I really appreciate the kind words. I really do. Um, just emphasis, emphasis on that point. Really, it's about future proofing yourself. Mm. You know, have, have a look to the future. You know, have a have a look about you know kind of how you feel now where you want to go and uh and and how you're going to get there but um yeah for me i future proof myself mate i'm building resilience now so that when i get to an older age and where i can't be as active i can look back and i can be like fucking hell man at least i did those things then Amazing. i might not be able to do them now but I, I you know you know i've done them so just and i can be happy in that in that thought um, and that's why I future-proof myself because I know it's going to get a lot harder. And that goes for everyone. We're, that's going to happen to us all, whether or not you got fucking four legs or two legs or no legs. <laughs> uh, you might have you might have three legs like me. You know what I'm saying? Really? Go on, son. But um, no, but mate, that's fucking going to happen to all of us. We're all going to get to an age or a point. I know, mate. And like, and 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 also, I keep having to tell people this because we do all forget. We are all going to die too. So yep. you might want to get out there and do these things while you can. Because uh, they ain't gonna, they, they ain't gonna be waiting around. I think people are lazy, mate. They just be like, they'll never go up Kilimanjaro, and then they'll put in their fucking will. I want to be spread on Kilimanjaro and get around it that way. The fucking necky cunts. The words, you know what, mate? You know, pe- people just people uh, aren't aware that that time is really slipping by. And and just mm. one final point, mate. I think you know when I got blown up, mate, it really brought that to my awareness. So I'm I'm kind of grateful for it in in one way or another 100 percent, man uh and i'm grateful as bad as it sounds to know people like like I, <laughs> people who take it this the wrong way yeah. by knowing people like you i get that second hand too yeah do you know what i mean 
Like that's that second hand. And now, noble listeners, you've got it third hand. That's right, man. So keep but keep, and keep and keep passing it on though. We don't all have to go through traumatic incidences for everybody to learn from them. That's the thing, like let's like, let's spread the knowledge around. Mate, where can people find you on the interwebs other than my pants? Yes. Um so so mainly, mate, I'm I'm on uh, Instagram and that's just Justin Oliver Davis. Um but I'll be on Facebook as well, the same Justin Oliver Davis. And my website is uh, www.justinoliverdavis.com. How do you spell Oliver, mate? Do you really want me to spell it out? Yeah, because I genuinely don't know. Like, I, I, off the top, mate. Yeah. O-L-I. Yeah. <laughs> don't have Welsh people. Uh, well, I don't have Welsh Oliver. people called Oliver, but... Ah, fair one, mate. <laughs> Probably a lot, of da- lot of Davises, though. We've got a lot of Davises, Jones, Dice, all those. Yeah, no, mate, I just genuinely didn't know how to spell uh, Oliver, yeah, I spread that. All right, um, mate, thanks so much for coming on, dude. It's been a pleasure. I really want to do another one of these soon. I'm, a f- I'm inspired. I want to inspire me. I'm, I'm inspired. I might have to trash the studio now doing fucking flips, table flips, and everything. <laughs> table, uh, <laughs> table flips, all kinds of stuff. Man, thanks so much for coming on, mate. You fucking, you are inspiration to me, and I'm sure you're inspiration to the listeners. Um, thanks so much, buddy. We'll catch you next time. Mate, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Love to be on, mate, and hope to see you soon. Take care, won't you? Cheers, brother. Well, there we go, guys. Um, go find me a more inspiring person than Justin. I'll wait. Forever. Because you ain't going to fucking find him. What a fucking legend. Doing big things. And um, we're really, we're really happy to have had him on the podcast and I hope he becomes a regular guest. I kind of a, I might have a bit of a man crush on him, to be honest. He's a fucking inspiring motherfucker. Ah guys, I love all of you. Thanks for coming along today. Thanks to our sponsors for making the show possible. Thanks for your ears. Thanks to your parents. Because without your parents, you wouldn't be here. If someone had swallowed or someone had been in <laughs> Alright, let's just cut that one off. But you get my point. Thanks to your parents for not swallowing. And thanks for you lot for tuning in and listening. Uh, if you'd like to hear my ranting and rambling on paper as well as on a podcast, then you can catch us over on Amazon, Brothers in Arms. It's out in paperback. Thank you so much for you guys that always supported it. We love you fucking long time for that one. Uh, if you want to go to vsonpodcast.com slash uh, books, then we have books from all the guests Uh if we've had a guest on the podcast and they got a book, then it's on there. Um, so you can get them all. you see them all there in one place. Made it nice and easy for you. Made it nice and easy for you. Um, you can click on it. If you go in the show notes now, there's a link you can click through. Ah, oh, man. We need to organize a big fucking piss-up, don't we? I love you fuckers. I speak to you every week. What we need is a massive sesh. But anyway, I'll get working on that. I'll get working on that. It's going to be called Vsom Live Part 2. And it'll be a big sesh. Oh man, I just I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful. I'm really inspired by Justin. I really am. I can't tell you how guys how much. Um I'm looking forward to I mean I'm looking forward to, to getting back home now and, and cracking a good fizz session. He has thoroughly, thoroughly motivated me. Thank you, Justin, if you're listening to this bit. Um yeah. Wow. Alright, guys. Let's all go out there. I'm sure you're as motivated as me. Whatever you're doing this week, give it your absolute fucking utmost. Because you're never going to get another chance. This week is never coming around again. So get out there and fucking smash it, you dirty slags. I'll catch you next time. Love you, bye. Yeah. Listen. Shut up.
shout teaser You told me not to worry and you wouldn't break my heart You told me you were sorry and my whole world fell apart You said it's not my fault and yeah I've never done you wrong I'm grinding to a halt now I can see you're moving on I promised I'd get better and I told you things would change You keep me to the gutter yeah I'll never be the same I've gotta let you go now live your life and spread your wings And yeah you put on quite a show and pulled the puppet strings And are you sure that you don't want me? Remember all the pain or maybe you should thank me It's your loss and my gain I'm leaving now forever I won't hang my head Shame, but yeah, you've taken me for granted And you should feel ashamed You sold a dream to all of us A dream that we'd all die for A reason for us all to live And something we could fight for I might just help a man up to his feet Or hold a new one But no matter what I do My hands remembering my rifle, yeah Life's hard, I know that Still wouldn't change shit I wouldn't go back, yeah I wouldn't go back Feelings I hold back Memories fade, yeah They go fast, yeah They go fast Good times to come and go Survive the highs and lows yeah, I suppose. Good times to come and go. Survive the highs and lows. Just take a step by step. I guess, yeah.